John? John! Cheesy, where are you taking me? Send me back to my friends, Cheesy! Where are we? What are these weird, veiny eggs? Cheesy, what are you doing to that egg? Hey, let go of me! What was that? I see the psychic link has connected, so it's one. Cheesy! You can talk? You have imbibed my offspring, so it's one. Our minds have connected as one. Hey! Knock it off with the soulless talk, buddy. I have a soul, thank you very much. Do you? And where exactly did you procure one? Amongst the many, perhaps? They love a soul just as much as you. Look, I don't care what you have to say. Bring me back to John and the Void Elves. We are busting out of here, man. I'm afraid I can't let you do that, soulless one. Your contract was breached. There were... What? I mean, it was just a... It, it, it took me so long to paint the mini, because I was trying to technically meet the requirements. It, it, uh, what kind of consequences? <laughs> oh, what a whiner. Did you report this transgression with management yet? And how do you suppose I contact them? We have no idea where we are. All right, all right. Hey, what are we going to do with him? Just dump him with the rest? Not this one. There is something about those two. Something different. Hey, where did you get that cheesesteak? Oh, I found it here on the floor. I think the lactic assassin dropped it when he picked up the other one. Ah! Elphick, are you alright? Hello? Hello? Nick? John? Elphick? How am I talking to you? Another has partook in my offspring. The link has been made. John! Uh, I, I'm, I'm here with Cheesy. I'm alright, but... John? There are a lot of eggs here. Gooey, veiny, weirdly genitally eggs, and... Nick! I'm gonna find you and get you back, my friend, but now that I've got you here, shall we begin the podcast? We shall! Welcome to the Literate Pixel Podcast, the podcast where we are able to communicate through an indefinite breadth of space using only the power of trans fat and cholesterol. My name is John, and through the incapacitated body of Elphick, I'm with my best friend, Nick. Hi. Hi, Nick. It's I missed really you, buddy. It's really weird here. He won't stop looking at me. 
Silence, soulless one. This week, we're reading Double Trouble, the first book in Nintendo's adventure book series based on the classic platformer Super Mario Brothers. But we, but before we get into details, we've got some ad copy. This week's episode is brought to you today by Unnecessarily Impractical Goods Emporium. Are you a regent's daughter who wants to hang tan but doesn't mind if her board can't float? Come on down to the Unnecessarily Impractical Goods Emporium and buy a stainless steel surfboard. It is as equally fit to shred waves as it is to be used as a conversation piece in your living room, or leaning against the door of the refrigerator, whose seal will no longer keep the door shut, but it has been like three months and your landlord has done nothing to remedy the issue, and you still have lukewarm milk, so let's prop that baby closed with a 15-foot plank of metal. Here at the Unnecessarily Impractical Goods Emporium, we have the goods that you sort of want, but not quite. Like this golden mustache comb, fit for any king who doesn't mind the tines bending after the first pass. We'll even throw in a comic book or two for free. Now, they will only be mildly soaked in the blood of your doppelganger. Unnecessarily Impractical Goods Emporium, a store whose goods are as inefficient as its name is long. I, I've, I've, is that just Sears, or... <laughs> Well, Sears doesn't exist anymore, that's Nick. That's true. What was that store that sold Trump steaks? What? Uh, oh, God. I don't <laughs> it, it was know. like that, that, that store that you could only really buy things from the airplane magazine. Oh, uh, Skybook? <laughs> yeah, sure. Skybook? I don't know. Yeah. Skymall. Skymall. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> A Skymall magazine. That's definitely yeah. the reference I'm making. I'm not going to... Well, Nick... <laughs> You know, I don't know why I've chilled out all of a sudden about the fact that there's just this elder god made of black cheese and meat death, but, you know. Hey, you know what, Nick? I'm just glad you're here. Sort of. Nick, you know what we're reading? So today's book is Nintendo's Adventure Books, featuring the Super Mario Brothers in Double Trouble. It's written in 1991 by Russell Ginz under the pseudonym Clyde Bosco. Russell created the Nintendo's Adventure Book series and went on to make a variety of other children's puzzle books. He was also, this is big for me, Nick. This is big for me. He was the developer bigger than 20 cheesy the cheesesteaks piled up on top of each other. That's quite large. He was also the developer, Nick. Yes. And creator Uh of the massively multiplayer online children's puzzle platformer, Castle Infinity. You ever heard of Castle Infinity, Nick? Only from the lips of you, sir. I have talked about this a lot in my life. I'm a major aficionado of MMOs, massively multiplayer online games, throughout history. Preferably a lot of the older games, anywhere between 1986 to modern day, but I really love those older in the 80s and 90s. Uh, this was one that came out in the mid-90s. It was a 2D um, puzzle platformer that was really dedicated towards children, uh, and it featured you attempting to solve puzzles and avoid obstacles working together with other players to save interdimensional dinosaurs from imprisonment using the power of Esperanto, the made-up language. I I was hoping you would say the power of friendship or love. Yeah. No, this was... You did not meet my expectations, and I'm disappointed. It was a made-up language. It was a made-up language. Um, And it was a delight. It was really interesting. We'll have to play it on stream at some point. Uh, But no, this is a choose-your-own-adventure-style game one of the major things that kind of uh, differentiate itself from its predecessors or others of its ilk is that it uses actual puzzles and mazes that you and activities that you can draw on the book and stuff like this to to complete 
and give you clues or give you tools to continue in the story. But Nick, what did you think of this book? Um, you know, it's not for me. It's the thing that I discovered. And this is sort of the, the difficulty with... This is the difficulty with rating media aimed at children, especially children from a specific time period. So the early 90s, before even I was alive. Yeah. You it know? was, what, five years before you were alive? Yeah. So, no, only three. Jesus Christ. Let's tell them exactly my <laughs> birthday, John. <laughs> February 21st? No, but we're getting close. 24th. Nope. Mm-mm. 23rd? No. Anyway, so <laughs> let's like I liked it. I I think that it is okay. And it's a <laughs> it is a solid change of pace from what we've encountered in the Choose Your Own Adventure series that we've done so far, really the one. Yeah. Well, it it uh it definitely differentiates itself. It does something different yeah. to its to it. In comparison to something like the Zork ones. Yeah, like there is different mechanics in it, which I think we'll get into greater depth uh, depth in the spoilers. No, we can, I think we can maybe even talk a little bit about it pre, but we'll get to it. Yes. Yeah, so there, there are different mechanics that allow you to ascertain where you're going to go and what success and failure looks like and how we get success and failure. It's not just looking at the narrative and trying to figure out what the best possible option is and... That I sort of liked because something we discussed in the Malifestra quest review is that a lot of the it felt random, like it, it felt yeah. very like the, it didn't feel like you could make informed decisions. It was you chose things, and sometimes like it, there was sort of a rationale behind it that you could follow, but most of the time it's just like ah, uh, you know, you you do the thing and then. It was either random or very explicit, and there wasn't a moment in it where you felt clever. Yeah. Here, I could see puzzles that, while they didn't make me, a full adult grown man, feel clever because I am not five, I could see how, like, a kid would, you know, feel, get that feeling of, I've played a game, I've succeeded at said game, and that I've, you know, I've they could feel smart and validated in that way. So I think it I, I think in that sense it is cool. The story's a little meh. I mean it's actually in some ways a bit better than the the narrative of Super Mario Brothers in general. I it's something that I noted is that Super Mario Brothers as a property property is very difficult to make good narratives about, in part because the game itself is sort of narrative agnostic like it has a very loose very trite story that it replays over and over and over again because the emphasis isn't on the narrative it's on the mechanics and the gameplay did you ever watch the super mario brothers super show i've i've seen bits and pieces of it and again i said difficult not impossible those are fantastic by the way the cartoon series from the early 90s uh, based on Super Mario Brothers um, and Super Mario Brothers three, um, and uh, later on uh, Super Mario World, uh, they branched off and they had Yoshi and things like this. 
What was great about those, Nick, was that a lot of times it was them just doing things like Mad Max in the Super Mario Brothers world or doing like just wild stuff from movies and pop culture that wasn't entirely kid appropriate and just making it Super Mario Brothers in, you know, in space in 2001, A Space Odyssey in Mad Max in Ghostbusters, like that sort of thing. And it was wild. It was really, it's actually really good. Yeah. Something um, that I, I, I think the thing that made me think about this is that often during the book, it references things that happen in Mario games. Yes. But it tries to explain them or it points out how they're absurd. And that isn't it, what you want, I don't think. That isn't what right. I want. You mean like with um, like hitting the, the, like the coin blocks and getting coins from those? Like yeah. That sort of thing? There, there's a moment where it mentions that there are bricks and that they are up in the air seemingly hanging by nothing. And it doesn't go yes. – it, 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 it implies that they are impossible – but doesn't provide a explanation for how they're possible, which from a narrative oh. sense is a little weird. It pulls me out of the verisimilitude <laughs> of this narrative. Oh. I'm sorry that the, the blocks floating in the air are the, the thing that makes it impossible for you to uh, get into character as I, I Mario know. It's in like the world that of Mario. Once when I was watching, it was one of the like mid-2000s, early 2000s Superman films. I don't remember what any of those titles are called anymore, but it was one of those and I was watching it and after he had flown and he had done a whole host of things, he, he got shot in the eyeball. I'm sure somebody after hearing this description will remember which movie it was. I'm Superman Returns. Oh, okay. Thank you, John. Uh, he gets shot in the eyeball and the, the bullet bounces off of his eye. And while I was watching this movie, a woman shouted, that wouldn't happen. And I'm like, the man freaking flew. What do you mean? He's Superman. That wouldn't happen. That's the line that it took for you to be like, this is BS. <laughs> this is a movie. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I recognize that I'm being a little ridiculous. It's more of like, I would have been more pleased if what had occurred was the blocks were there and we didn't comment on it. Like, it's like, yeah, oh, they're, no. they're floating in air and that's cool. We don't have to mention that it's impossible or weird that it's happening. It just is happening. Like I, it's a, it's a kid's book, Nick. Yeah. It's a kid's book, and it's for kids to want to do the Mario thing. Well, I get that. They but don't want to have a Mario book where he doesn't smash bricks with his hands. No, no. Like, my issue isn't that he is smashing bricks with his hands. The issue that I, I have is that it draws attention to the impossibility of that. Like oh. Mario would just accept. That he can punch floating bricks in the air, and okay. that's just how the world works. The single word out of an entire book has thrown you off. Yeah, the oh, well, there are, there are other moments where it's like this, and it's it, it it's it, that is why I feel it is difficult to make a rigorous narrative. Not that this is trying to do that, but it is hard to make a coherent narrative with, um the Super Mario Brothers franchise because you're going to have this impulse to try to explain things that ought not be explained. And I, I literally wrote in my notes, midichlorians. <laughs> I wrote midichlorians because no one needed to explain how the force worked, John. 
everyone accepted that the force was like everyone in the world was like the force is a thing. But then I don't know. George Lucas got self-conscious about how there wasn't a biological reality behind midichlorians, not behind the force. So he had to invent this explanation that ends up making Star Wars weirdly eugenics-y. Like, I don't, like, <laughs> you're born with this bacterium and some people have more of it than others. We must cultivate them. But then put them in a weird group of people who don't have children. It, like, it just doesn't make any freaking sense. Star Wars, am I right? Yeah. Like, Well, let's talk about Mario, Nick. No, I want to talk about Star Wars. Let's talk about Star Wars, John. I think the cheese sticks are starting to get to you, Nick. Uh... Um... But uh, a so bit. this is so this is a choose your own adventure style book. You are you read the narrative and it provides you a choice. You know, do you go this path or do you go this path? You know, if you go to the path on the right, turn to page one hundred. Take the path to the left, turn to page sixty three. And it does that a lot. Well, it's a choose your own adventure style it book. Does that even when you're not choosing anything? No, it that's... does it a ton. I guess that's true. There is a thing where it's like you're on page eight and it tells you to go to 94 for, and you don't have a choice. Yes. Um, but uh, interspersed within these are a series of puzzles um, or mazes or activities that you do. Um, and based on uh, how well you do in some of these, some of them are just to provide you clues. Like a, set an expectation of what choice you need to make or what to expect in the next series of pages that you're going to be going through. Um, and there are other a lot times of little ciphers that are in yeah. the narrative. A, you do a thing in order to eliminate choices yes. so that you can then read a text, which is yeah. sort of cool. It doesn't make any sense in the narrative. It's very non-diegetic in most instances Yeah, where it's like, well, if you solve this puzzle so that, you know, yeah. Also, so, sometimes yeah. the goals don't make any sense. What do you mean? Uh, we'll talk about that in the spoiler zone because that's okay. an explicit spoiler to a puzzle. Well, and a lot of times, yeah, so they have these little ciphers. If you think like a 10-year-old getting this book and it challenging you with those things, a 10-year-old would actually have a challenge with, with these sorts of things. They aren't entirely easy. They're not typically a one-to-one -one thing, and there's a lot of different things that are mazes where you have to pick a path or or go through a path to collect coins and um, and getting the maximum or the most amount of coins, you know, taking the routes um, that would give you the maximum amount of coins while only going by, like, two enemies in total. Those were really interesting, and I think that that worked really well for kids. Not necessarily for us, because we can look at that and actually stare at those puzzles from a distance, right? And easily just piece that together in our mind, um, because, you know, we're adults. <laughs> yeah, also, like, you know what you're looking for. Like, there's one where it is a... Uh, what was it? It was like a, a word search, and whatever oh, letters yeah. were left over would tell you what you should do. And like literally, and we can see the, the only... pattern without doing it. Yeah, you can see well, the pattern right the, away. Uh, the options were like run or fight, and like literally the only w one that like it was plain as day. Like I didn't even really have to do it. I saw run, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to run, I guess. 
Like, yeah. I, I, but like, yeah, for a kid, that that isn't necessarily something that they would have spotted immediately. I hated a thing that encouraged me to write in my book, though. That annoyed the crap out of me. I only write and highlight in academic literature, and that is it. I do not do it in my fiction. Dang it! I did this all in my head. I never had because I had a, a digital version of the book. Yeah. I never wrote anything down. I had to solve all these puzzles and ciphers and glyphs all in my head. Um, I, but I was, was trying to do it while listening to a different podcast, so I had to do some very light writing. Oh, I see. I wasn't paying. I wasn't giving it the full uh, attention. Not giving it the full nick. Well, I'm sorry, John. I was listening to a podcast. I was being flown to a nest where I was then fed the veiny child of the this weird elder god. That is staring at me intently right now. Yes. I'm That's not great, as freaked Nick. out as I was a moment ago, and that is a little alarming to me. It's because, Nick, you're on the podcast with me, my friend. We're, we are one in the same. We're together right now, you and I. How does it look on your end? It's really beautiful. Um, we're still in the baseball diamonds. Um, uh, your voice is coming out of Elphick, who is on the ground writhing. And uh, Elfon is, you know, stroking his friend's hair slowly. And gingerly, as I speak, at its mouth hole. That, oh, well. Okay. But I'm no, a little uh, alarmed for those two. They they seem pretty, you know, cool, and definitely were not a part of an evil cabal that's trying to control us in some way. Oh no, not at all. Well, listen, I enjoyed what I really loved about the book is that there is um, a lot of what we had talked about earlier, what we expected out of the Zork books. That we didn't get, and that was really the a lot of little branching paths that all reconvene together. Yeah. They do a really great job of having different um, the narrative branch off into other things and reconvene really quickly uh, to give people little mini adventures or the feeling and sensation of having a unique adventure. There is more replayability here than there is in the other Zork games. Um, yes, and also it's not just coming to a narrative conclusion. Uh, but theoretically, you can get like a maximum score by yeah. You you can have a one hundred. I didn't try, but you can yeah. complete the game and get all of the things, which is also on brand for the game itself. Where in Zork, yeah. it you have to be a completionist in the mo- in, in most cases. I mean, you could theoretically have an optimum run, but realistically, you have to get all of the things because if you do not. You cannot progress in the game. You can't complete it. Yeah. Well, what was great about this was there's there's um two major branching storylines, and there's a couple minor little diversions that happen uh, mixed in between. And there's some instances where you can completely make a U-turn and go around and essentially take the, the second path. Um, the things I didn't like about this book that bothered me a lot is that it does one of the cardinal sins for me, Nick. What, what is it that, wasted, It wasted my time. Uh, was it a specific puzzle? Yeah, there is. It's near not the even very really ends. a puzzle. It's, well, there's two. There's two that wasted my time. What's interesting uh, is that I think I might have avoided one of them. You did. Uh, you did, because it was a puzzle that you had to solve, and I was like, eh, I'll just make a decision. I, I'm impatient. And it was bad. It was very upsetting. Where I just cheated and went back. Because I was like, no, we're, we're not doing that. Sorry. So, uh, would we like to discuss this further? 
Well, let's talk about first off. Oh, did how I do jump you feel? Gun? You jumped the gun a little bit. Oh Nick. It's no. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be more consequences for uh, that. Oh, what? Jesus. Is this a fraternity? This is this is <laughs> life with me, Nick. I'm just being hazed. Yep. Uh, how would you compare this to the Zork games? I mean, how do you feel about them in comparison? Do you like this more than Zork? Uh, the What Do I Do Now series? Uh, I mean, it really depends on what you're looking for. If you are looking for variety, which I think often in this this genre of game, genre, this genre, genre of game, uh, that is that is indeed what you want. You know, it'd be like a rogue like that. You know, it's I, I don't know. You you want to have some variety. You want there to be something. However, like the art, I think in both sort books is better. Yeah, this. yeah. This is just really basic, generic Mario art. The art is really interesting in both sort books. I think the evocative, yeah, evocative. I think the story in both is better, even if in Zork, uh, the Malifestra quest, it is. There aren't a lot of choices. The narrative it's is linear. Still, yeah, it's very linear, yeah. but the narrative is still better than what we get here. And I, yeah. I again, I think that is the the issue there is that Mario doesn't as much lend itself to narrative complexity and interest in the same way that the Zork or Infocom properties do. Because I mean, yeah. the Infocom properties are basically a text based adventure game already. Like they are. Yeah. They. They. Oh, excuse me. They're. Uh, what I meant to say is they're already a you know, a choose your own adventure style book, except for on a computer. That is what they are. So they, they already have narrative built in. Yeah. Mario did not, especially at that time. Yeah. Have any narrative built in. Yeah. So if you want a good story, I would do the Zork games, uh, the Zork books. Now my, the Mm. words in English are really hard right now. And I haven't even had any drinks, John. It's all cheesesteaks for you 24-7 now. It's all cheesesteaks. I haven't touched any liquor since I started flying away. Uh, yeah, it's been rough. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I I think the narrative is better in the Zork books. The The game mechanics in this book are a bit better, but I, I don't read books to play games. I play games <gasps> to play games. So I think I like the Zork it, ones better. Wow. Okay, so it is complicated for me. Was it? Um, was it not clear that it was complicated for me? It took me like five minutes to get my thoughts across. I guess it's true. <laughs> it took me no, a long I, time. Like it was. <laughs> I I wrote I wrote like the old man in the sea while I was doing that. <laughs> so I would say that um, for Zork One, uh, the Forces of Krill is my favorite narratively. Zork 2 yes. is my favorite visually. Yes. I don't, but I find that the Mario ones were really, the Mario 1 that we have played, Double Trouble, was fun. Like, I enjoyed playing these little simple puzzles, you know? They at least were something different. It was uh, very, but, it was very Cheeto-esque. Yeah. It, it, it's Cheeto-esque. like, in the, in the, in the sense that it is like, Cheetos versus an apple. 
Yeah. It, it it's because I'm an adult. I'm not I'm not trying, but like the puzzles were fun in that I got that hit of dopamine after I did it. Okay. But yeah. I got that hit of dopamine real fast because it's not terribly <laughs> difficult. There it, is it something is Cheetos. There is something to be said about playing something that is excruciatingly easy. Uh even when playing video games, there is something about playing a game that is like made for kids you just feel good playing them you're like i'm doing great you know and you just feel smart even though you're not by doing it yeah it (laughs) is the complete opposite of how i feel every time i've ever played a fighting game against you john yeah every time i've even even dared to play street fighter even for a moment sorry not sorry um but I, I felt smart, even though the puzzles are very simple. But uh, it engaged my brain, and it got me invested. But with that said, it commits some major uh, crimes for me, like, narratively as an adult. I don't know if it would for kids, which we'll talk about, but... I mean, I'm going to put these probably, I'm going to give probably Mario double trouble. On a scale of Rogue's Hour to 10. On a scale of Rogue's Hour to 10, I would probably give the book a five. It's a five. I I think this might be the one time I'm lower than you. I was going to give it a four. Okay. But we're yeah, in the, so, we're in the same ballpark. We're, we're same not. Range. It's average. I really feel it was average. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. So like the puzzles are are interesting for kids. I could see that being really cool for them. I mean, I guess Nick, we should have a different scale for us and how we feel a ten year old should think of this. Like for a ten year old, I'd be like, it's an eight. But for me, it's a five because <laughs> I'm an adult man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. Like it is also like I forget. I legitimately forget what I would have found challenging at various ages like i can't even say that this is for a 10 year old oh it would be i remember being in like fourth and fifth grade uh doing puzzles similar to this where it was the the key to the puzzle is more following the directions than it is about solving a puzzle um and how there's a lot of things going on and the directions are to help unravel that stuff it's like to give you those skills to do that I felt that the puzzles were really ingenious for kids. Yeah. But um, I, I also, yeah, I, I, I think part of the other issue is that I know, because I've read it, that there is now kids literature that exists that is narratively more complex. And for that reason, I don't want to go easy on a thing because it is aimed and geared for children. Because then I'm like, ah, oh, it's a nine because like it's garbage and kids like garbage. And I, I think that's entirely unfair. I I think that children deserve, and if anything, people who need complex themes are children because they are entering a world of complexity that they lack the tools. I think that these puzzles, though, are uh, uh, meant to achieve a different purpose than a narratively complex thing. You know, where a children's novel where you have these diverse characters with diverse problems and issues and how to overcome them is a very different story than uh, using your brain to unravel a a word problem or 
thinking laterally or look zooming out to look at the bigger picture of a problem to better understand like the the critical path and and being efficient and that sort of stuff i think that's what it's trying to achieve yeah that's the kind of book it's trying to make i i it's think i also tr- just need more data is is the thing maybe we should come back yeah we're going to read it. more of these well, i would love more than anything to eventually talk to russell gins uh aka clyde bosco because one i'd love to talk about these after we've read like the a big majority of them but two to also talk wrote, about castle infinity he wrote five of them am i correct is that yes accurate i think so all right well we definitely are going to be doing the second one because i own the second one and you have oh, a yeah. copy of the second one so i do that's going to be happening yeah i'm excited about it so you gave it a four I gave it a five, and I think that the only thing that we can do now, Nick, is to slip into the spoiler zone. Oh well, I I don't know how the spoiler zone works when we're not in the same place, John. Now listen, okay. I luckily I do. How how All do right, you know Nick. this? Do, do, I'm confused. Trust me, Nick. I don't. Listen now, you You're are a liar. Elphick is your is a surrogate for you, right? There's uh, this, okay. this in between, right? All I need to do place my lips upon his oh and you with whatever other surrogate or thing you're connected to place your lips on theirs and we will slip into the spoiler zone oh 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 i mean i think i'm i'm communicating through the mind of cheesy the cheesesteak then nick does that mean i have to put my mouth on cheesy the cheesesteak pucker up buttercup uh, Cheesy, do you consent to this? I do, Soulless One. Oh, I don't like this. This is bad. Go for it, Nick. Do it. Boiler. I definitely gave more tongue than was necessary. So did I, Nick. So did I. I oh was... boy <laughs> oh oh did did you get a little bit of his tongue in you? Yeah, <clears throat> it was a little bit. I think he regurgitated a little bit of that cheesesteak. Oh, rough. <laughs> Went down the wrong tube. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Well, Nick, we are now in the spoiler zone, talking about Super Mario Brothers Double Trouble. Oh, what a mess of a book we had. We had taken two different paths. We have. Um, I am. I am not entirely aware of the multiple paths because I did the lazy thing and only went once. I okay, also had so, a, a rather circuitous path. Yeah. So the the book. Of my notes. The book begins with Mario. I'm still wrestling. With uh, this sitting at Mario sitting at home in Brooklyn. Oh my God, Nick. Go ahead. <laughs> Mario sitting at home in Brooklyn. <laughs> And he gets a garbled <laughs> message from Princess Toadstool through a communicator. Indeed. Saying that he needs help. Yeah, and uh, it points out that at one point it would have just been a pipe, but now it's a complex series of computers and wireless internet and things like that. Over-explaining the situation. Oh, yeah. I, I also... <laughs> I just... I love how everyone tries to cope with the fact that he's a plumber. Like, yeah. it makes literally zero sense that he's a plumber. 
He's that's like a what they plumber. had to work with. I know. That's what they had in the nineties, early nineties. All they had for Mario was he is a plumber. That's it. Yeah, they're like he's a plumber, but he's sworn to protect the Mushroom Kingdom. That's like, but he's a plumber. Why? Why is he making these promises? It seems out of his wheelhouse, you know. Well, you know, if you got mad ups like he does. Yeah. Also, why is he in Brooklyn? Why is everyone trying to put him in New York? Well, because he was from New York. Uh, Canonically, he's from New York. That's so weird. Donkey Kong, Nick. New York. I mean, I Empire get State it, Building. but like, why? Why, Nintendo? Why? It, it's changed now. It's not the same. New Donk City is no longer New York? No, New Donk City is New Donk City. I'm curious to know if Chris Pratt's going to be from Brooklyn or not. That'll be interesting. We'll see. Wait, what? Chris Pratt's the voice of Mario. Oh, is he? You didn't know this? I did not. Chris Pratt will be the voice of Mario in the Mario movie that's coming out next year. There's a Mario movie coming out next year? Correct. And Chris Pratt will be the voice of Mario. How have I managed to separate myself so much from the world? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay? I've got to... we got to do... I want to ask you some questions and say, like, who do you think is going to... Who do you think is the voice of Luigi? I don't. Anthony Hopkins. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I have no idea who that is. Who is playing Donkey Kong? Oh, God. Uh, Kira Knightley. Donkey Kong? Yep. Seth Rogen. All right. I I mean, I was... It could have been bad, John. It could have been real bad. Okay. Who is the voice of Toad? Toad? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of someone awkward. Okay. Uh, one of the Flight of the Concords dudes. Oh, like a Jermaine Clement? Yeah. That'd be a good toad. Uh, no, Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele. Ah, really? Yeah. All right. Cranky Kong. Cranky Kong? Why That's is Cranky Kong, Kong in a... Okay. Uh, I mean, I remember I played the Donkey Kong N64 game. Oh, nice. Yeah. I had I had the fancy N64, John. We've had a conversation about how my uncle made me throw it away. Um, oh. What? Yeah, that's that's a story for the not podcast. That's a, that is a traumatic childhood story that hurts my heart, Nick. We can talk about that later on the couch. Yeah. Uh, so, Cranky Kong. Uh, Jesus, I don't know enough actors. Harrison Ford. Fred Armisen. Do you know who that is? Sort of. He's from, uh, he used to be on Saturday Night Live. And he Portlandia? Was a- Portlandia, yes. Yeah. He's the voice of Cranky Kong. Now, who is the voice of Bowser? Bowser? Bowser. Um, Steve Carell. No. That That's, I mean, he. W- I think Steve Carell would make like a good, like maybe Luigi or maybe even Toad. No, Jack Black. Oh. I like Jack Black. Yeah. The only one that I'm just like, God, no, is just the Chris Pratt. I'm just like, I'm just tired of Chris Pratt. (laughs) It, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be in everything. 
He does. He's got to be in everything. I mean, that's not his fault. I mean, he's sort of. I mean, there are reasons to dislike Chris Platt. Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Platt. Chris Platt. There are reasons to dislike Chris Pratt, but the oversaturation of him, I think, is more the fault of his fame and capitalism than him specifically. Yes, there's many other things, but yeah, we digress. Like that, that would be like hating on Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford was in like every movie for like a decade. Yeah, the, the early '90s him. was all Harrison Ford. Um, Air Force so One, that beautiful, that beautiful airplane as it crashes into the the sea. It was yeah, gorgeous. I like the one where where he loses his uh, long term his long term memory loss and has to make a giant cookie with children. How, how how about the one where there's a rabbit that's boiled? Ooh, I like that one too. That's a very good that one. one. Is. Um, so let's talk about Mario. So Wait, the princess is in danger. Wait, Mario, what, what are Nick? we talking about? Mario. I think we lost the thread somewhere. Many times yep. ago. Uh, so the book starts off with the princess contacting Mario saying, we're in danger, help. He can't quite hear why. And you have to make... Your, your first choice is one of three choices. Um, Luigi is missing, and you find him. You, you can go find your brother Luigi. Get materials, equipment, before you head out, yeah. or just head out. Something that I would like to point out, though, uh, before this all happens, so the alarm goes off, he's getting this information, the workspace that they work in is filthy. Filthy. It's disgusting. There are like multiple day old rotting bologna sandwiches. There, it's, there's it's, a plate of ravioli that he pushes away. Moldy ravioli. Yeah, yeah. It's gross. Um, He's it's a plumber. I think it's because they're like saying what Italians are slobs, or that he's fat. I, and fat I, I don't. Are slobs. I don't know what the reference is. Is the really bologna? Well, either. the ravioli is clear. Like, I mean, it's he's an Italian American. He eats ravioli. What well, you don't eat bologna, any bologna? I was thinking that the maybe bologna? the bologna was also a reference to Bologna, where bologna is from. An, or maybe not American bologna, obviously, but the concept of. It's where Oscar Meyer stole the name. Yes. But yeah, no, they horrible working conditions. They OSHA would have a fit if the company were any bigger. Yes, um, but but he has to either find Luigi, get equipment, or head in. Yeah, because um, uh, in the audio recording, Peach literally says to bring Luigi. Yeah. So you think, oh, that's the thing I got to do. So you go and you're, you're looking for Luigi. And it's something else that is mentioned. Uh, <laughs> I fixated on some things. Uh, I see this. Mario uh, tries to wake Luigi, uh, and he considers pouring water on Luigi's head. Uh, but it uh. turns out uh, that in the past, uh, Mario had done this, and Luigi uh, got his revenge by pouring pasta sauce in his shoes. So he, he does not take this t- uh, the, this method of waking Luigi, and it turns out that I mean, Luigi's not even in the bed. Yeah, they're brothers, Nick. They like to prank. They like to you know jazz each other. Yeah, they like to jazz each other by putting pasta in their shoes. Pasta yeah. sauce, excuse me. Pasta sauce. Um, so if you, you can get equipment and that begins our first puzzle, um, where you have a series of paths that you can take, uh, and you just like pick one of the paths, follow it to wherever it will lead. And that's the piece of equipment that you've gotten. So it can be a thing like a super mushroom, which is what I got. Um, uh, a magnifying glass. 
I don't remember what else there was, but um, I got a I got a super mushroom. What did you get? Do you remember? Uh, so there wasn't a puzzle for me. It just gave me a super mushroom. Wait, what? Yeah, I just got one. What? Did, wait, oh, you didn't get equipment? No, I didn't get equipment. I so I went to wake Luigi. Luigi wasn't there, and then I decided to just go straight into the mushroom kingdom. And okay. it, I got I got a mushroom. I just got a okay. super mushroom. Yeah, so if you decide to get equipment, it's it's this these uh like five different maze paths that you pick one and follow. Now, if you got the magnifying glass, that cuts the story down dramatically. Yeah, I, I will say that in the Luigi bit, so I'm flipping. So the, there, there's a part where you're dealing with the Luigi problem, and that has you flip all the way to page 100. So you go from page 3 to mm-hmm. page 100. That's okay. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, that's Nick, totally Nick, you would fine. go nuts. I need you to play the Lone Wolf books because they do this as well, but it doesn't matter because it's such a great book series the lone wolf series is fantastic yeah. you would love it and there's a non-diegetic puzzle where there is a, a pattern that you have to try to figure out what the words in said pattern are and it says i had no clue it says no luigi really i had no clue what page is that on 101 101 it says really? no luigi it's on i looked at this and I was like, I don't, I can't, I guess it's, yeah, it says it's not Luigi. Oh, I says. didn't even see the it's. I just saw, I saw the no Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> um, where you, if you go to see Luigi, you find he's not in his bed um, and he's working on a project and he's acting strangely and it's making it all on, ominous. And he's like, come with me. I've built a flying machine. And it's of course a trap where if you follow him and listen to him, he straps you in and launches you onto one of Bowser's uh, ships, which has uh, Roy on it. And uh, Luigi is tied up and it's game over. You fail. Yeah. So I, I did not do that. I went into uh, rather than following Luigi or going in uh, to the supply closet. I just went straight into the Mushroom Kingdom because I'm like, this is urgent. I must go. This is weird. I I honestly stared at that It's Not Luigi puzzle for so long, and I was like, I don't see anything. And when you said no Luigi, I'm like, yeah. there it is, clear as day. Yeah, I mean, I wow. didn't say that. I didn't see the it's or the T and not. So Yeah, because what I did was I was focusing on the variety of different shapes individually, and I didn't zoom out to look at the puzzle as a whole, because when you zoom out, it's clearly It's Not Luigi. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, I was very irritated by the fact that it's non-diegetic. I I wanted the puzzle because that's something that I really liked about the Zork books is that the puzzles are in the narrative. Yeah. Um. You. I. I again, sometimes it feels like you're flipping a coin, but yeah. it has in something some cases. To do. There's an instance where they tell you to flip a coin, Nick. Oh, in this book, yes, literally. <laughs> but in the Zork books, you, you, you feel like the decisions that are being made are being made by the characters and not by you necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you are making them, but there, like, there's a rationale that the characters have for the choices they've made. So there is a, a verisimilitude there. This is, there's this sign that doesn't exist in the world of the book you're reading. Uh, figure it out. But in narrative, it says, it out. 
narratively, it says that Luigi's acting different. He's acting strangely. Well, yeah, but you know? then why not and it's just have ominous that, descriptions? Why not just have that be the reason you uh, make the decision off of? Because honestly, because... I didn't need. I did not need that puzzle to tell me that Luigi was a weirdo. Like I was Nick, like, this is horrifying. it's an activity book for kids. But I'm not a child. How dare they not include me in their thoughts? Ah. So, yeah, you can get a game over that way. I yeah. got equipment. I got a super mushroom. Nick, you went into the mushroom kingdom. And I still got a super mushroom, so take that. This is true. You little it's wimp. fun. It's fun because, like, Mario, when he... Oh, you also could get... The other options were an anchor or a hammer, uh, the super mushroom or the magnifying glass. The anchor would have been useful for uh, the doom ship. Yes. The doomship narrative that you went down that I did not my first run through the, the book. So what happens is he has a choice um, when in the Mushroom Kingdom to take one of two paths. And this is immediately from the get-go, we took two different paths. Yep. I went into the Mushroom Kingdom uh, directly, like into the city. And you just went off to elsewhere just to roam, right? No, no I went... I went no, I went to the palace. So the options oh, were okay. either go to the palace or go into the Mushroom Kingdom. And did mm-hmm. we both go in the palace then? I went to the palace, yeah. Yeah, so we both went to the palace. We're both like, let's handle this. Yeah. Let's get this dealt with. And we're finding that there's a lot of people, a whole lot of people in the in the, the city. Um, and Mario says hi to the guard. And later on, uh, he's like he's walking through the castle saying hi to another guard. And the guard's like, I'm... The, you know the same name as the guy standing up front. Mario's very confused. We're we're actually at the part where I wrote a real midichlorians problem. <laughs> it, it, it says brick ledges uh, hang high in the sky, uh, though nothing seems to hold them up. Like I I'm like he, why he, he it's fun. I don't care. Hand he could Mario. He would have seen it. He would have been like ah oh, yeah there those there's those platforms that jump on all the time. If this was a serious book or game series, then yes, but it's Mario. No one cares. Um, I care. <laughs> I can tell. I'm passionate. So the problem is that there are two kings oh fighting. Oh, God, John. I think yes. I just I realized that I gave this the same rating I think I gave uh, Amulet of Power. <laughs> yep. That's about right. This is more fun than Amulet of Power, but Amulet of Power, I guess, is more better written. Um, so the, there's two kings and there's two of like everybody. Yeah. Except for Princess Peach because, well, apparently everybody was given a plant and with it had the ability to make, or a camera. There was a camera in it. Um, and there's this device that we don't know about just yet that is able to make copies of people so long as it, they, it can see them. Yeah, as long as it can you see them to collect data. So, so it's not these, just see them in general. It's just that it can record them to collect data. Yeah. So these bugged flowers. Case, yes. It's like this weird Cold War technology, which is coming out in a book that was published at the end of the Cold War. Like I, the USSR falls as this book is being published. I love that you have to, with all of these things, make weird connections to world events. This is how my brain works. Mega Man 2 is the Iraq War. Mario Double Trouble is the Cold War. <laughs> Clearly that's what he's referencing. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it could be more explicit. 
It even says that he had a Russian accent. Peach says <laughs> that hers was watered and blew up. So that's why she doesn't have a clone. Yes, indeed. That but the, the the problem is that there are two kings identical who want to be the king. Who's the real one? They're both claiming to be it. They're in, indecipherable between each other. Now it asks if you have the magnifying glass. And, and of course you didn't. I didn't. Did you? I didn't because I didn't have the magnifying glass at that point. But if you did, you would you would know that they were made of sand. The clones are made of sand. Yeah. Uh, what is really funny um, is that Clyde Bosco gets a little uh, political jab in there where uh, Mario makes a joke that it isn't a big deal because the king is apparently worthless. Like, he doesn't really do anything. And princess yes. is, uh, the princess is like, but, like, it's the principle that matters here. <laughs> like, we need a king and we can only have one of them. Yes. So, if you didn't have the magnifying glass, they send you out to go find Toad, who does have one. Um, and that's where I went to follow to where Toad was. I'm guessing you went somewhere else then? This is where no, we No, 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 no. So, this is the puzzle that I disliked. Okay. You disliked the Toad puzzle? Uh, so, the piranha plants? Yes. Uh, I disliked it, yeah. What did you dislike about the piranha? So Toad is being attacked by piranha plants. Indeed, that is true. And the piranha plants get the idea to use baseball bats against you, even though they have mouths with teeth. Yes. Uh, because you try to use a baseball bat against them. And I'm going to flip my way there so that I can remember exactly what my issue was. But it was... So in it, you start in the center of a grid where there are arrows that point in... Uh, they have certain numbers. So you start and you move two in any direction from the center of the grid. And then yeah. you follow the instructions as Yeah, it... it's, it'll say turn right two. Yeah. So you go two spaces to the right. So then at... go up one, and then you go up one, then down five, and you yeah. go down five. Yeah. So the only significant decision you really have is the initial one. Do I go up, left, right, or down? Yes. Um, my issue with it isn't that, but that I elected so my brain and maybe this was the wrong reasoning but my brain went mario good being in piranha plant bad so i landed on mario yeah and that was the bad one yes being mario was bad but piranha plant good and this is i think what uh, separates us is we just reasoned differently yeah. Yeah, this one is the one that starts you, if you fail, you go right back to the very beginning, essentially. Yes. They knock you out of the park, you land, and you're back at the Mushroom Kingdom, being like, oh, I gotta go save the princess, and it takes you back to the same page that is where Mario goes into the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. and I and then I refused to make the same decision. Yeah. So I went and explored. I see. So this okay, is how so we ended it. up on separate paths, is that okay. I had to go back to the beginning because I made the wrong choice. Yeah. Because I don't think my reasoning was that bad. No, I don't think you're wrong either. What I did was I just picked. I didn't look at the puzzle as a whole, and I ended up getting a piranha plant, just going with it. I did check back and see what happens when you get Mario and saw that it sent you back, and I was like, well, that's stupid. What a waste of time. Yeah, I One did of that the many. waste of time. <laughs> um. So, uh, so yeah, so I beat the, the piranha plants and he just gives you the magnifying glass and then you go right back to the king's chambers with it to find out that he's made of, of sand. 
and you have to go on an adventure to uh, head to uh, the castle. But yours is different. Yes. Why so, don't you explain what happens all the way up to, you, like, when you get to the castle? Okay. Will do. Uh, one second. I have to adjust my notes. <gasps> adjust your notes. So this is a thing you should cut out. I will absolutely cut this out. Yep. Wink, wink. I mean, in that it's not good content. It's not interesting. It's just me I think like, it's flipping what, around. I think it's one of the best pieces of content ever. I uh, think this indeed. Is what the people come to look, this is what the people come to look for, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This right here is uh-huh. what everyone wants to hear. Is you flipping through pages of your notes uh-huh. to try to find what path you took. Yeah, so after um, I failed at the piranha plant uh, puzzle. Failed at a children's puzzle. Yeah, I I really did. Um, And it literally says you lose two hours of your life. So it literally references that you're losing time. Like, I'm like, I mean, it wasn't two hours of my life. It was like a couple minutes, but I'm still a little pissed about it. Thanks. Thanks Thanks. for rubbing salt into my wounds, book. Uh, Thanks, piranha plant. So I, I decided to explore the, the kingdom. And then uh, you see two things. You see a flock of... And then since you're redoing it, it's mentioning how everything is doubled. There's double shy guys. Oh, my God. That's weird because they like to be alone because they're shy guys. Um, you know, which it mentioned on the way to the palace as well. But you, you get little different details about it. And you see a flock of small creatures and a giant shadow looming overhead. And I was like, I'm going to look at the flock of small creatures. That seems sensible. And those were paragoombas. Uh, And I think that actually potentially leads to a different uh, fail state. I did not uh, endure said fail state, nor did I have the curiosity to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I fought off these little Goomba buddies. Uh, and it, it has, I think, the best line in the entire uh, in the entire book, which is, Ooh. as he wipes off the little pests, two of the large fungi settle on a wall, licking their pulpy lips. Oh, God. I know, right? It's pretty great. That's so, what you were doing right before you kissed Cheesy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was hot. Yeah, so the way you there you have two options there. You can either fight the Paragoombas or you can run away, and there's a crossword that uh, determines that outcome for you. Uh, you eliminate all the options. It says run, you run, um, and then you collect 16 coins because you made the right choice. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah, uh, afterwards... The coins don't do anything. Do you ever have to spend coins? No, so at the very end of the book, John, yeah. at the very, very end of the book, there's a drip-by-drip scorecard. Oh, I didn't do the score. Yeah, where you can keep track of your coins. Wow, I'm not smart. <laughs> I, I just oh. happened to open it to the back page once because I was looking. That was when we were looking for uh, the Clyde Bosco information because yes. the author's name uh, is not very prominently written on the book. I didn't really do the drip-by-drip scorecard. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> After that, uh, it immediately shoot, uh, you get uh, shot out at the giant doom ship. So the, the giant shadow you saw before was the doom ship. And you would have been yeah. better served just going towards there and not dealing with the Paragoombas. But I guess if you wanted 16 coins, that was the only way to get it. So well, now- that's the thing is that I do think that there's instances where the book's like, hey, there's danger going this way. Don't go this way. And if you go the other way, you'll avoid that danger. But in that score 
card thingy, the drip by drip score thing. And he was like, hey, did you get past the fire snakes and the chain chomp? And I'm like, no, I didn't because you told me to go the other way. I, I don't even remember those as being an option. You wouldn't you wouldn't have done that because you did the you did the ship. Yeah, indeed. So um, once you get to the doom ship, uh, you have three choices. Uh, as it is flying away, you see Roy. You're upset at him. Uh, you can either just continue to roam the Magic Kingdom. Uh, if you have the anchor, you I think automatically get on the ship. But I did not have the anchor because I did not go in the supply closet. Yeah. So you had to do the puzzle there with the the anchors. Yes. Uh, the way was... you get to those, you have to jump onto the doom ship. Yeah. That puzzle was strange. I like it. I don't know how you get on the circle. Is the thing. Oh, oh, you, oh, you absolutely can. The first time I attempted it, I got it on the circle. I, I was trying because I thought the circle was. I thought the circle was where, what I needed to do. Uh, the X was what you needed to do, but I couldn't actually yeah. figure out how to get on the circle, and I didn't want to spend time to sort it out. Yeah, but um, oh, yeah, that's right away, right away. There's an anchor just to the right of Mario, Mario's hand. Yeah. I know. You just you just take that one, and it takes you right there. Okay. Regardless, uh, so I yeah. think this is where we uh, merge back up. So it was pretty uneventful, honestly. Oh, well, because you get on the ship, and you stop Roy, yeah. and you save Luigi. Luigi's like, hey, let's go back um, and beat up our doppelganger, my doppelganger. Um, and you have the choice of either following Luigi back to beat up the doppelganger, or to go back, or go to bowser's castle there's a puzzle that'll tell you that hey the ship is headed towards bowser's castle if you you didn't follow luigi you decided to go to the castle yeah i let luigi yeah. handle it on his own yeah if you defeat the um the doppelganger what happens is you guys are it's like hey mario is tough to beat by himself but with mario and luigi they're impossible to beat and luigi gets a jar of his uh his uh spaghetti sauce and dumps it on the doppelganger, and he melts. Because he's made and, of sand. And, yeah, and then he hands Mario the the magnifying glass, and it sets you back uh, into the Mushroom Kingdom. Oh. Oh. So it essentially sets you back to the beginning. Yeah. That sucks. But you get more coins by going that way, and thus you'd be getting more in the drip-by-drip drip scorecard. So do you feel better now that you know that the drip-by-drip drip scorecard exists? Yes. So that means, Nick, that I would actually give this a better rating. It's a six. <laughs> it's not much of a better rating. I didn't know this drip-by-drip drip scorecard was there. That it actually, that the coins had a purpose, because I was going to bring up that the coins don't do anything. Yeah. And I, I'm uh, well, I mean, that's just like most modern uh, Mario games. Yeah, they don't mean anything. <laughs> they're, they're That's not true. Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey, they're super important. They're the most important thing. Uh, they just give you extra lives, and you get thousands of them. No. No. What else do they do? You can buy stuff. Oh, Nick. You can buy stuff. Yeah. You, you can, can buy stuff. Economy. But, ah. no. Uh, so. I don't yeah, care you, about you, buying you start things. Over. In my instance, right, we find out that the king is, of course, uh, made of sand. And so we then need to go to the desert to figure out what's going on. You fight the, uh, you have to fight, you have to traverse this puzzle where you have to, um, you're f going past these evil enemies. 
and you have to make a trail to collect as many coins as you can uh, by only passing through two enemies. And so there's a variety of different paths, and like you can go back on your path as long as you don't count those coins that you've collected a second time. This is ridiculous. It's like, hey, if you got this range of coins, go to this page, which is like a game over, start again. Yeah, that, this puzzle appears <clears throat> twice, by the way. There's one in mine where it involves shy guys, but it's the same idea. You can eliminate three shy guys, but no more than three. Maybe it's the same one then. <clears throat> because uh, uh, there's the top choice if you select that one that you've collected the maximum number of coins it's like turn to this page you go there it's like you couldn't have gotten that score to go back oh really yeah that sucks oh my god no yeah. do you know how long I spent trying to get that I felt like an idiot I got to 19 oh really yeah see I got 19 as well Jesus um, but <laughs> I love that this ah! little puzzle drove you insane, which is funny because I did spend a lot of time, too, trying to get it. And I'm like, nope, it's that's the best I can do. How in the hell are you supposed to do it? And I went and I looked and it was like, you can't get that score. Go back and try again. I literally <laughs> did every possible iteration after I did what I knew was the maximal one. Yeah, uh, like just like I'm, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm insane. But how fun is that, Nick? That is actually kind of fun. I hate that. Is, that's stupid. I loved it. I hate that. I hate that it was that. an option in the book, and so your brain was trying to like rack how to get it, but I enjoyed that puzzle. I the puzzle was fine. The puzzle was fine. I, the option where it was a trick is annoying. I, it's annoying. I, it, it's sort of like I guess the only comparison that we have right now is those shoes. Yeah, the, the shoes. Yeah, yeah, the flying shoes of the Lord of Condor or whatever his name was. Yeah, uh, from Zorik. Zorik one. one, but that was a trick in that you had to lie you had to yeah. knowingly lie and and then like it was like haha you liar we knew you yeah. were a liar because it was a lie like and here it's no just like thing. you made a mistake you can't get that score go back which i'm guessing so here's my thought on this at first i thought it was it being trying, trying to be mean but then i, I realized that like a, a little kid's gonna make a mistake and it's trying to say, like, that right there, that number and above, you can't get that. You can only get 19 as the maximum. So if you got 20 or more, and it's just being a fail-safe to let a kid know, hey, you got it wrong. Uh, you can't get that answer. Because a kid's going to be like, oh, 15 to, to 19, well, I got 20, you know? And it's like, no, 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 that was, you made a mistake somewhere. I, wonder I think if it was just meant to be a fail-safe for it. I wonder if it's also just to it is the game communicating that random guessing is not random guessing or you know cheating which random guessing sort of yeah. is in a puzzle is not fruitful yeah just do it the right way kid yeah worst case so, scenario you see other interesting things you don't get an interesting thing when you cheat yeah well, in, in so as you continue this this journey, there's a situation where you fight the, the Hammer Brothers and you have to pick a path where there is the least amount of hammers. Um, and every time you hit a hammer, it's going to be so many score points. Like, And if you have a super mushroom, it subtracts. You want to have the lowest score possible. Uh, there's multiple outcomes 
course, leading to failure or having to start over or getting through it. Um, and there's a point we have to take a two paths and it's like, Hey, the, the puzzle is a, is a, like a word elimination thing amongst a series of words. And, um, and it says like, if you take the right path, uh, there'll be two challenges, you know, two monsters await you or something like that. So I went and took the left path and only had to fight one monster. And then you get to the castle where we both kind of reconvene. And right away you fight Bowser. Yep. And he's like, Hey, you know, my son is super smart. Iggy, I think it was the it, one. It Iggy was Cuba? Iggy. Yeah. Iggy's the super smart one. And he made this device that calls all these clones and we're going to rule the world and you can't do anything about it. How do you defeat Bowser? Do you just run? Like yeah. Yeah. You, you don't even, it's not even really a choice. You just leap over him. Oh yeah. And then that's it. Like that bothers me. Bowser's the bad guy, and you don't engage with him at all. Yeah, I, in fact, the person you end up having to fight is Iggy in a robot you've never heard of before. Yeah, um, so you have like some paths to take, uh, and if you solve another word elimination puzzle, yeah, you learn uh, don't go upstairs. Translating Koopanese. It was a one-to-one translation. They yeah. gave you like a key, and you you found that's a fun kid puzzle. That's another just you know. A kid would find that novel and interesting. For us, we're just like, yeah, that's fine. Um, oh, and it just a T is a radish. Ooh, because apparently Koopanese is just English, but with radishes for T's. This puzzle was actually challenging for me because my scan isn't the best. So those letters, I had to kind of interpret what those letters were. <laughs> oh, it's like boy. a radish is a. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it says, don't go upstairs. So Indeed. you go take the path downstairs. You went upstairs? No, no, no. I, I was in agreement. Oh. That is what it says. Okay. I and, wasn't uh, talking to the mic when I was agreeing with you. You go downstairs, and it is a maze. Yeah, it's a, a maze of twisty little passages. All, all seemingly, seemingly like, made of mirrors. Oh, my gosh. This is the most annoying thing. This is one that is just, you're wasting my time. Yeah. No, I. so it asks you to flip a penny, uh, and I find it hilarious that it chooses a penny. Uh, inflation, indeed, uh, <laughs> over the past twenty plus years. <laughs> that's a, that's like twelve dollars now. Yeah, who has pennies? I do. I don't have pennies. Uh, lots of pennies. I, I I had to literally ask other people for change when I was doing a science experiment in my uh, biology class. As oh, I was really? like, I don't have any pennies, and this calls for pennies. Do uh, anyone? Does anyone got pennies? Because I ain't got any. Anyway, I got some pennies. I got Let some me see your panties. So uh, we had to flip a penny to figure out whether or not we we're going to go right or left. And I was like, I'm just going to go left every time. Oh, no. That's the choice I made. I'm just going to so go left every time. It, it literally is like, do you go left or do you go right? And when you go right, it's like, do you go left or do you go right? And it's like, right. And it's like, do you go left or do you go right? Uh, left. Do you go left or do you go right? And you're like, oh my god! And you just be, could be going in circles if you don't remember that the page numbers are the same. It was the most annoying thing I have ever had to deal with. And Nick, I think left every time worked. Did it? Yeah. Um, you could also, if you had the hammer, just smash through it and avoid it altogether. Yeah, that would have been nice. So, uh, yeah, you, you meet up with Iggy. He's making a big machine. Called the Glom. The Glom. It's just the Glom machine. I forget what that stands for. It has something to do with making copies. 
Yeah, well, it's not important. <laughs> but uh, you have to do another puzzle to figure out what you have to do here. And it's like, don't fight the Glom. Uh, and so you have to run. If you fight Nick, do you know what happens? Uh, it makes a copy of you. Uh, yes. And then you There's end up a... fighting yourself. Yep. If you go to fight, I think, Iggy, um, it sends you back to the beginning of the mirror maze, and you have to do it again. Yep. And it's like, that's dumb. So you run from the glom, and it chases after you, and then it sees an image of itself, and it makes a multiple, a clone of itself, and it does that over and over again exponentially until the castle explodes. You get a bunch of coins. You saved the day. Hooray. Yep. Like, and you don't it. have the that's energy it. to go back to the castle because yeah. you're so sad. You're so sad. So you go home and you're like, maybe with all these coins, I will buy the princess. I will buy the princess. A uh, uh, stainless steel surfboard. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, from our sponsor. From our sponsor. Absolutely. The Unnecessarily Impractical Goods Emporium. Thank you, Unnecessary Impractical Goods Emporium, once mm-hmm. again, for sponsoring the podcast. Yes. And that is the end. Thank you for your pearl back scratcher. Oh, my gosh. It was quite yeah. nice. Oh, it was very nice. Uh, I want to thank you for the uh, the butter mittens. They were really great for five seconds. Smooth. They're quite smooth. They were excellent at um, transmitting the heat straight to my hands as I was moving now, things out of the oven. Now, Nick. Yes. Uh, before. So, so I want to say real quick that yeah, I was annoyed that the 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 mirror maze was just really bland and just a dumb maze because they could have they could have just made a maze that you would follow, pick a path, and follow that. They literally to your have a maze. They yeah, have a puzzle done... that is a maze. That is a maze. Like, do that, please. Um, and cause then like, if you get to a dead end, you just turn around and it, you are in control of it. Yeah. And, or be in a situation where you're like, Hey, if you have the hammer, you can destroy two walls. You know, I, I'm also um, annoyed that three or four of the fail states are go back to the beginning and, and do it yeah, again. Do it again. It's not even like with the Zork ones where it's like, go back to this specific page where you made a mistake and do it yeah. again. It's the beginning, that part, do that. Do that do again. Do that again. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a six because I didn't know that the drip uh, the drip by drip scorecard or whatever is uh, was there. And I, I think that that's there. actually fun. I didn't know. I still so give it a four. I'm going to give it a six now. I'm bumping it up because I think it would be really fun for kids who want to get that high score because it actually isn't easy. How, how did you score in the drip by drip, Nick? I didn't do it because I lack whimsy, John. I oh. knew it was there and I ignored it entirely. But it's like at the end it says, now use this chart to find out how good a plumber you are. <clears throat> Count up to a total number of coins that Mario collected during his adventure. Score 10 points for each coin, then look up your rating on the chart. Did Mario rescue Luigi? Did he help Luigi fight? Uh, did you help? Did he help fight Luigi's double? Did he get past the fire snakes and the chain chomp? Read the book again until you get the best possible score. I love that. It's like, hey, there are these other things. Did you see those? And if you didn't, maybe read again. And I'm like, yes. Because my first time, I didn't know that you could fight Luigi's double, you know, and defeat him or save Luigi. Uh, But I did know that there was a, uh, the doom ship and you can get, you know, 
captured, and Luigi's there. Yeah. So I, I think mean, that this reminds childhood Nick would not have liked that. Why? Uh, I I was the sort. I always found it really irritating when I would beat a game, and then it's like you've only played five percent of this game. <laughs> Like, fuck you. No. Excuse my language. That was really wow. aggressive. I felt really mad there. For a I children's like, book. I, for a children's book. got to slip the bomb in there somewhere. Uh, um, at the very end, I think, is probably fitting. Uh, but, yeah, no, I hated that. I hated that so much. I'm like, I beat the game. I'm done. I did it. Don't, don't, don't tell me I didn't beat it. I beat it. <laughs> you didn't beat it the best way. I, that's, yeah, I beat it. Shush, 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 sweet prince. Now look. I beat it. I know, Nick. Listen. I know I said that I was going to go easy on, you know, making you play games, my little games, yeah, and you, face you consequences. I, I believe your exact words were you wouldn't do them anymore. But look. Are you going to prove yourself reins. to be a liar, John? Look, Nick. I've got these reins. And I'd love to give them, shove them down Elphick's throat to get to you psychically. Mm -hmm. But I have a game for you, Nick. Okay, Mr. Sawman. The game is called Power Up. Ooh. The game is called Power Up or Power Up Yours. Now I'm going to give you a series of power ups, Nick. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell me if they're a real power up from a Mario game. Or that they're a fake power-up where you go, power up yours. Indeed. All right. So, for instance, if I were to say, you know, uh, uh, Super Mushroom, you would say, power up. Now, if I were to say, the Dongus of Immortality, you would say, power up. No. Power up yours. Oh my god, Nick. Power All right. up. So the first one in the game in this game, the bulb berry. Is it a power up or is it a power up yours? The bulb berry? Bulb berry. Power up your no no no. You're you're not going to start off with the fake one. Power up. That is a power up from Mario Galaxy 2. Now, again, you're going to have to get yourself a score of 60. <sighs> Damn it. You have to get six right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The Super Leaf. Power up or power up yours? I... <sighs> okay, question. Does it have to be the exact name of the thing? Correct. Oh, Christ. So if it isn't a super leaf, because the thing that gives you the Tanuki suit is a leaf. I just don't know what it's called. Power up. It's a power-up. Super Mario Brothers 3. And I'd like to mention that it isn't the Tanuki suit that you get, Nick. I'm sorry. There is actually a power-up called the Tanuki suit. That is... Is that not also a leaf? No. Uh, And it turns you into uh, Mario in a Tanuki suit. Full-blown suit. And it can turn into a stone statue. The Super Leaf's just the one that gives you the tail. And the ears. 
It's not a Tanuki suit. I I I mistake. <clears throat> All right. Are you ready? Indeed. The light box. Power up yours, John. That's a power up, Nick, from Super Mario 3D World. The Bellberry. Power up yours. That's a power up yours, Nick. Look, you got three right so far. You just need to get three more. The Flame Flower. Power up. Power up yours, Nick. What? It's not the flamethrower, my friend. You wonder what that's called? What is it called? The fire flower. Oh, come on! Oh, you Nick. used a synonym! <laughs> dirty, dirty... <clears throat> Look, you got three right, alright? There's how many left? There's uh, two, four, five more. Mm-hmm. So, you just gotta get uh, three more right. Yeah. The weird mushroom. The weird mushroom? The weird mushroom. <sighs> God. It, it sounds so weird that I feel like it, <laughs> it has does. to be true. It is a weird mushroom. It is indeed. I'm going to say power up. But what Mario, what Mario was that in, Nick? I'm going to say power up, John. Power up. That is a power-up, Nick, from Mario Maker. Do you know, know what it does? Oh, is it the one that makes Gangly Guy? It makes Yeah, it like... the super thin, weird Mario. Yeah. yeah. All right, are you ready? Indeed. I am. The Red Star. The Red Star. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds like something that would be in, like, Mario Galaxy. But is it? How many do I have? You have one, two, three, four. You have five right correct currently right now. I have five? Yeah. No, you have four right. You have four right. Ah, dang it. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, uh, power up yours, John. Uh, that is a power up from Super Mario Galaxy 2. Didn't I say that it sounded like something from Super Mario Galaxy? You did. Dang it. The wing cap. That, oh God. But like if it's just not named the winged cap, because in N64 you get a winged cap. And is that called the wing cap, Nick? Uh, Power up, John. That's a power up, Nick. Yes! All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. The Goomba Shoe. Oh, crap. Is that what it's called? The the giant shoe with the key behind it. Power up. Is that your final answer, Nick? That is my final answer, If John. you get this one right, you win. If you get this one wrong, uh, you win. That's my lose. final answer, you little <laughs> turd. Why don't we answer this last one, and then we'll come back to that. The ghost cap, Nick. The ghost cap? Ghost cap. 
Um, what is the hat that he gets in Mario Odyssey called in the beginning? Power up. That's a power up yours, Nick. Oh, okay. Now I want to make, we're going back to Goomba Shoe. I'm giving you an opportunity here, Nick. You're giving me is, an opportunity. Is this a power up or is this a power up yours? <laughs> I, I, I like, I don't, I'm so confused. Why have we changed the format? I the, don't know, Nick. You tell me, is it a power up or is it not one? It, it's a power up. I'm sticking by my guns. You're sticking by your guns. I am. You're just trying to fake me out. You're just trying to make me lose. This would be the first one I've won. You can't do this. It's a power up, John. Nick. Yes. It's a power up. Yes! <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Nick. I actually I actually knew some things about Mario games. You actually really did, and I'm very proud of you. Were the you ones shocked that, by that? I'm a little. The <laughs> ones that, that you didn't get were tricky ones. You know, flame flower, fire flower. I was trying to be very Was the ghost really. cap, were you thinking that I would think Super Mario Brothers? Uh, the Super Mario Odyssey? I was thinking you're going to think Super Mario 64. Really? Well, no, yeah, I should have just because it's Cappy. Cappy <clears throat> is the ghost cap. Well, yeah, the wing cap, I and I was thinking ghost cap because of the invisible one that you can get mm -hmm. in the ghost level. I forgot about that, so take that. I'm an oh. agent who didn't remember. And with that, Nick, I owe you two things. Yes. The reins. Indeed. And some consequences. For you. You get hurt. Take that, Daddy. I want you to take this time. Take that pain, Daddy. Do you have any consequences for me to face? Oh, I have to come with up with them on the spot? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we can pause if you want to. Uh... No, I don't want you to suffer, though. I want to suffer, Nick. Hurt me, Space Nick. So you haven't produced anything for the gram. This is true. Instagram.com slash litter pixel podcast. This is true. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need a photo of, of you with some guinea pigs <gasps> and a sign that says, I'm sorry for lying. So be it, my friend. I will take the reins. Th uh, oh, hold on. Well, I can't hand them to you, Nick. You Wait. are in an ethereal plane. I have to shove them down Elphick's mouth. Oh, oh, right. So that they can come out of Cheesy's mouth into Indeed. yours. Are you ready for this? Y yes. All right, open up Elphick. Come here, baby. All right, I'm just going to stick my hand down there. All right. They're all the way in down his throat. Nick, can oh, you get him? Get oh him. God, I'm. Uh, I can sort of see them in Cheesy's mouth. Do I gotta get him? Reach I, on in there. Okay. Uh, it's squishy. It's oh oh. Don't lick, Cheesy. Don't lick. I know we had a moment before, but uh, oh. 
I have the reins now, I Th- guess. They're, they're oh, there for you, Nick. My boy. gift to you. There's no hand sanitizer, John. There's no hand sanitizer. This isn't COVID safe. <laughs> this is, oh, boy. Where's my mask? <laughs> I don't know what to do. That's very funny. Um... It's so the the next book we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna keep on the uh, choose your own adventure style train choo choo. We're gonna finish up the series. Well, we're gonna we finish up the, the series this year. We gotta get the Zork games done uh, and the the Zork games and by those I mean uh, the Zork books. Uh, we're yep. reading Caverns of Doom. I don't really have any thoughts except for that I hope it's better than Malifest Quest. I. I'm hoping beyond hope that it's better than Malifestro Quest. Malifestro's Quest was a big disappointment for me because I enjoyed the Forces of Krill so much. Yes. So hopefully it has the the choices and the narrative of the Forces of Krill with the art of Malifestro Quest. And then we might have the best rated book that we have done. Mm. It will just be jizz in your pants good. I mean, it's going to be Laura's book good? Is that what's going to happen? Laura, I mean, Laura's book is, I mean, I, maybe. The book that we both didn't really like, we rated the highest out of all of these. Well, because it was the most interesting it was of the anything. Most pro- the most thought-provoking. Yeah. We, we honestly get- could have had a longer conversation about it, but we had poor people who were respectfully staying on the stream and we had to put them out of their misery it was an undulating number somewhere between five and 15 so you know i'm proud of that there were there were some people there though who were there for a while and they needed to be put down they need (laughs) no (laughs) they need to be let go sent to a farm upstate all right nick i just want to let you know Mm -hmm. i love you very much and I will hope that I'm able to get a hold of you again for the next podcast. In some way, I will find you, my friend. You better. I love you, buddy. Uh, I Even love you, I'm too. very mad at you. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Nick. Yeah. That was a great podcast. Who's Nick? Was he your verbose buddy? Elphick? Where's Nick? You bring him back, you son of a... Ow! My stomach is killing me! Brother, are you alright? Did he hit you? No, but... Ow! My stomach! Something... Something is stirring inside of me! Is it diarrhea? That cheese stick looked pretty greasy. No, it's something... More... Ah!